Okay, good morning. We are on, we're just, did the Mishnah yesterday in Tess Zion, interesting topic today. So Tess Zion, Amad Beis, we discussed in the Mishnah yesterday, <coughs> we discussed that, sorry? Oh. No, he had surgery yesterday. and this year should be a Eloi Nishama for Chayashi, the Basra of Gabriel Pinchas, Kamil Shai Ben Reza, Tzivisan, and Basrabi, and a foolish Limchai to the Basrachal. Okay, so now, so yesterday we discussed in the Mishnah how Rabban Gamliel, not only did he go ahead and did he, uh, did he, did he, did he, did he, did he, uh, sit, uh, did he shower the first night of Avelos, he also sat Shiva, so to speak, for his Rebbe Tavi. And they asked him, how can you do that? Because he said he's a kosher. So let's see the Gemara. The Gemara now is the second, uh, the, the first wide line. Uchshemes Tavi. Uchshemes Tavi. So the Gemara discusses now um, that, um, how, how's he going to answer the questions? The Gemara says, When it comes to Evet Kananim, male or female, Avadim Kananim, Ein Omdim Aleim we do not go ahead and stand in a line. This, ref- this refers to when people come back from the cemetery after the Kvura uh, Sames, after the burial, they, they, you have to have at least a minion on each line, and the, and the Ovel walks through the lines, and they give him divrei, uh, divrei tanchumim. They give him... Each line or just a minion, period? You, it's supposed to have a minion in each line, I believe. That's what Rashi says, right? Rashi says, if you look at Rashi... Rashi says, "Ain omdim aleim shura, kishachosim beis kavos ha'yosim shura sarav evo menachmasov ain shura pchusam e'asara." Each line is not less than ten people, so you have to have. Uh, so normally, you when you give that uh, that uh, that minog is done by a one of the Zion krovim, but we don't normally perform that minog when it comes to someone who sit who buried a uh, eved or a shifcha. And additionally, ain omer aleim berkas avelim. Or Tanchumi Avelim, you don't give them Berchas Avelim when they get up, they do the Suda Savra, when they walk around the street, and after they get up, we know that uh, the last day they, after they get up, they go in the street, and you give them, uh, you give them Berchas Avelim, you give them a bracha that you should have a Malkim Minachim, so on and so forth, and you don't give them Tanchumi Avelim, you don't give them Divrei Nechama, because we are not knowing Avelos for these type of people. The Gemara continues, and it So what happens? The Shifcha of Rabbi Lezer passed away, and his Talmidim came to go ahead and give rain, divrei tanchumim. So Rabbi Lezer saw, he knew what they were coming for, so he ran away. Came and trose, Once he saw them, and he knew what their purpose was, and he knew you're not supposed to go ahead and accept divrei nechama for an Eved or a Shifcha, he went upstairs, nichnos le'anpilon. So Allah, sorry, Allah, he went upstairs and they followed him. But he went up, they went up after him. So then Nichnasla on Pilon, he had another level. He went into, let's say, the anteroom, <clears throat> in order to hint to them that stay away from me. I don't, I don't want divrei tanchumim. they followed him. So then he did one further step. Nichnasla Traklin, he went to a high room, a reception room, and he closed the door. This was the third time he, he went up, or he, or he tried to escape them. But Nichnasu Acharav, they 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 persisted. They didn't didn't relent. They didn't uh, they didn't stop. And uh, therefore, he had to eventually say something. Amalem kimeduma anisha tem nichvim biposhrim. I would have thought that you would have gotten burned from lukewarm water. But I see now achshav iatem nichvim afilu mechamichamin. Now I see that you're not even getting burned from burning hot water. Meaning, I gave you a little hint. Meaning the the lukewarm water. I gave you a small hint. 
I went upstairs one level, you didn't, you followed me. I went upstairs to a higher level, you followed me. I went, now I have to say something. You're not supposed to go ahead and give I was hoping that you would understand <clears throat> every time you walked into a room, I exited, but you kept following me. So, and, he says to his Talmudim, didn't I teach you? We don't, when it comes to Avadim and Shvachos, you do not go ahead and uh, do the normal you don't go ahead and go through the normal processes to be Menachem Ovel. You don't stand in the lines, and you don't give the bracha and the divri tanchum and amakum minachem, so on and so forth. If you, someone just lost their avodim, what do you say, Elaim? What do you tell these people who lost their evan? Just like they lost other chattel, other possessions. Just as you would tell a standard person. No person when they lost I'll show the when they when they lost either their 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 um their uh their ox or their chomer, in other words, normal possessions. When they lost possessions, you would tell them should make you whole. You lost an animal that was worth those bringing in two hundred dollars of revenue a day, Baruch should give that to you, make make you find that uh parnasa from elsewhere. This is all you say. So I told you that you don't normally give, uh, you don't know a uh, normal when it comes to a Evid or Shifcha. Therefore, all you should say to me is that Shkodesh Baruch should make me whole. The Gemara continue, continues, and this is what he told his Talmidim. The Gemara continues, Tanya Idach. You don't go ahead and give hespedim uh, when it comes to avodim or shvachos. Rabbi Yossi Omer, in Evid Kashru, if he was a very uh, upstanding uh, Evid, then you can say as follows Omer Malav, you say upon him, Rabbi Yossi, would, uh, Rabbi Yossi says, in Evid Kashru, Omer Malav, Ish Tovenema Venene Migio. Woe is for the loss of a good and trustworthy man who derived benefit from his own hands, and you give him a nice little bracha. So they said to him, the Chacham said to Rabbi Yossi, If you can say this about a regular, what a nice, nice, nice accolade and compliment you're giving to an Eved and a, a Shivcha, then what are you leaving for the people that are, that are, that are good? The, the, a regular Stam Ish, that's a Kasher, not an Eved. If he's giving such high praise, then you're not leaving much for, for others to be, uh, for Hespedim. Okay, now... So we see the question we, we broached yesterday still begs to be asked, and that is the Rashba's question. The Rashba asks on, Reb, on Reb, um, Gamliel, how can you go ahead and sit Shiva for your Evan? And he says he was a kosher. We said yesterday, we all, Baruch Hashem, have many friends who are kosherim. We don't sit Shiva for them. You only have to sit Shiva for your Zion Krovim. So if we take a step back for a second, and Evan Kanani is a non-Jew, correct? Non-Jewish, we all agree. He has to go through a gerus, a partial gerus, when he's when he's acquired, and that is he gets a little bit of a he gets a little bit of a, a entry into into so he gets a bris, and the Rambam uses lashon that he gets a mikzas gerus, he gets a partial gerus, a partial conversion. It has to be that he's partially converted because otherwise, the fact that we compare and say that an evik is obligated like a woman in mitzvahs, we know that an evik is obligated just like a woman is obligated in all mitzvahs. I say. Right, her, his obligation is just like a woman's obligation. If he has no relevance and no shaykhahs to the Jewish religion, how can you say a woman is a full-fledged Jew? How could you say there's a kesher between, there's a connection, there's some resemblance as far as the chi of mitzvahs between a woman and an Ever unless we understand that he's partially Jewish. Okay. So, 
he has some some um, Jewishness in him. However, if you look at Tosfos, the Tosfos, the last Tosfos line, so four words. Tosfos says, "Ain omdim The reason why we don't go ahead and are not noeg minhagi avelos when it comes to an eved or shivcha dilma asi lasukeli because the average person won't know that this person that you're that you're. Let's say you form two lines in the cemetery and you see the the person walking through and you know that this person that he just lost he's sitting shiva for, then you wouldn't think that this person was Jewish and then his, his children are Jewish, meaning the deceased children are Jewish. And it's going to cause problems when it comes to marriage. They're not going to assume that this one Evid out of a million was a kosher, that he was such a special guy. They're going to think this person's Jewish. Oh, he left three kids behind. It's a wonderful family. This guy's Jewish. The guy that passed away, let my, my, my daughter marry into the family and you're going to create Mamzerim, he's not Jewish. So that's the problem. It's a problem of Yichos, a problem of... So Tosos, again... Begs, it begs the question even more. How could one ahead? <clears throat> how could Rabbi Gamliel go ahead and sit shiva for him? So it's interesting. The Rashba answers this question based on a Yerushalmi, and he says, "Shetalmid chaviv kibno." A Talmud is as beloved to a Rebbe as a child is to a, a father. Meaning, when you have a relationship, a learning relationship with your Talmud, he's like your child. When you, so basically he's giving an answer that it wasn't just a relationship, a normal Adon, a master to a slave relationship. It was more than that. It was that he taught him Torah and that they learned together. And that through that, he felt like he was a child, therefore giving him allowance, to go, permission to go ahead and sit, sit Shiva. This was not universally accepted, obviously, and I'm not recommend, we don't recommend to do this, but that was Rabbi Gamliel. Now it's interesting. That's the answer the Rashba gives. Rabbi Bornstein, I heard from his <coughs> shir, want to give a little bit different answer, and it's going to send us on a really fun tangent today. And that is, it might be even simpler than saying that it's a Rebbe Talmud relationship. Maybe we could say something else. The Gemara says, If you raise an orphan in your house, it says if you gave birth to him, it says if you fathered him, you child, he's your child. Full-fledged. That's what the Gemara says. If someone raises an orphan in their house, it says if you went ahead and gave birth to him. Now the question is, the key word here is the word ki'ilu, as if. And we're going to bring about 10 to 15 different areas in Shas where it uses the word ki'ilu. Ki'ilu means it's as if, it's like. Question is, and this is not me, this is the Rav Shlomo Kluger and the Chachma Shlomo, the first simon in Eben Ezer, when there are four different uh, parts to Shulchan Arach, Arachayim deals with everyday life, Choshen Mishpat, monetary, Yeridea, and then there's Eben Ezer. So Eben Ezer, the first, talks about different uh, children relationships, the first one discusses this, he asks this question. He says, if someone didn't have any children, Let's say we know Zamachlokis Bishil and Bashamai, what how does one fulfill the mitzvah of Purvu? We're obligated, the first mitzvah in the Torah is Purvu. What is our obligation? So Zamachlokis Bishil and Bashamai. Bashamai says two boys. If you have two boys, you're Yotze the mitzvah. Basil says one boy, one girl. And that's how we paskin, one boy and one girl. Asks Rav Kluger, if you don't have, let's say you didn't have any children, and you actually raised either two boys according to Bashamai or a boy and a girl according to Basil, you took in orphans. And by the way, the Maharit says this question applies even if you have children, or, or the, sorry, even if the, quote-unquote, it's not an orphan, but that person, that child's parents are still alive, 
but they have to be removed. Let's say it's, uh, I don't know, parents are, uh, are sick or they're in drugs, whatever it is. Unfortunately, we have a lot of that in Israel today. We have a lot of people in, um, there's a whole home in, um, in Netanya, uh, which does amazing things. That's where my son was. Yeah, what's it called? Um, I can't Kol, no, Beit El-Zraki, Beit El-Zraki. My daughter's bar mitzvahs are Beit El-Zraki there. They take kids out of troubled homes. So the Marit says, this applies even if it's not an orphan mamish, but if you raise the child, it might be ke'ilu still that you get credit. So, but the point is, the Rav Shlomo Kluger says, when it says ke'ilu, does it mean literally you fulfill the mitzvah? Mm-hmm. So he says, if you don't have children and you raise two boys, according to Beis Hillel, or sorry, to Beis Shammai, one boy and one girl, do you fulfill the mitzvah? It says ke'ilu yaldo. It says if you gave birth to him. So he says, in fact, it's a machlokas, the taz and the jerisha. The jerisha says, when it says ke'ilu, it's like, it's like, it's nice, it's figuratively, it's not literally. But he says, according to the Taz, who was one of the major Nosekelim, one of the major Achronim, on the Shulchan he says, Ki'ilu means as full literal. You fulfilled the mitzvah of Pru or Vu if you, if you raised Yisomim. It's unbelievable. We're going to get to that. Excellent. We're going to get to that. We're going to go through a lot of examples. We're going to get to that at the end. Right. So that right. So that you just have to view yourself as if the Rambam says right based on that laharos. Right. We say supposed kilu, but that's what the Rambam changes liros laharos. That's why the Sephardim walk around with potato sacks on their back to really try to go ahead and, and mimic actual tias mitzrayim. But the implication here, and he says lahalacha, the chachmas uh, shlomah kluker says in the shulchan aruch in the first simon. If someone raised them, these, these kids, then according to the Taz, you are Yotze, because Ke'ilu, every time it says Ke'ilu, it is literal. It is literal. Unbelievable. He says, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm a supak. Someone who raised a Yasom and a Yasom, a male and a female orphan, did they fulfill the mitzvah? And he says, because according to the Drisha, it says the Chomakom the name Arkilu ain't a mukeshave el mishemakishlo. It's figuratively. However, Ataz cholik to hashave mamish. When it says keilu, it means actual, and therefore as yotzei by de pruvu, you are actually yotzei pruvu. Now, before we get into the the um, the intricacies about uh, adoption and everything, the the wide ranging implications of this Taz that keilu actually means real. Are, are scary at times and are really mesmerizing. Let's go through some of the areas in Shas, some good, some bad, and some that give both sides. So for, all, for intellectual purpose, purposes, we're gonna give even the bad ones and it's gonna cause some of us to have to look in the mirror. But some of them, let's just go through a few of them now. The Gemara in says, If you embarrass someone to the point where someone's face becomes ashen white, it's as if you murdered. Again, if this is to mean that we actually murder someone, according to the Taz, we have to be obviously extremely, extremely careful. Gemara Brachos, we're going to get to one of the major, major famous davim in Brachos, we're going to get to probably in a few months. And it says, If someone takes food in this world without making a bracha beforehand, you're actually going to You're actually over me'ila. You're stealing from Hekdesh. So if Again, so next time we eat, to make sure to make a bracha beforehand, because the implication is that you're actually stealing from a kaddish bracha. The Gemara Dharm says, "If you don't never go ahead and perform the mitzvah of of biker cholim, it's as if you're murdering someone." Gemara Tainis just said, we just said last week, if you eat on Yom Kippur, ki'ilu ochel v'shosav Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is obviously chayv kares. You can't be chayv kares on Tishav; it's only derabanan. 
but it's if you eat on Tisha B'Av, it says if, ki'ilu, you went in the same Lashon that the Taz used by Puravu to show that you actually fulfill the mitzvah, here if you eat on, Yom, on Tisha B'Av, it says if you ate on Yom Kippur. And, and it says here also, we're going to discuss later on in the Gemara Brachos, Taflam and Aleph, anyone who davens, the Shiko Shemespalel, Kila Oved Abodazar. If you daven drunk, it's as if you're Oved Abodazar. We're going to discuss Alan later on in a few months. Are Kohanim allowed to Duchin when they're drunk? Which is the whole reason why we Duchin on Simchas Torah, Shachris, because we all know they're going to have more than one drink. Uh, maybe several times, and therefore they're not able to go ahead and give them the CS Kapayim Duchen. We're going to discuss when we get to that sugya. Are, are we allowed to daven drunk? And are we allowed to go ahead and to. What happens per night when we all drink? When should one say Marev? Where we all tend to drink. Um, and then uh, if we're in an inebriated state, should we be davening Marev? So we'll get to that. But the Gemara says here if you daven drunk, it's as if you open up a Zara. And then the one that actually uh, has to all cause for introspection for all of us. Gemara Kasuba says, Koladar Bechutzilaretz, anyone who lives outside of Eretz Yisrael, Ki'ilu Oved Avodazara. Yeah, Ki'ilu Oved Avodazara. If you live outside of Eretz Yisrael, Ki'ilu Oved Avodazara. Yeah. Unless he was born in Israel, that's a difference. It might even be more, man. You left. We, we have an excuse. We never got that. You had citizenship. You gave it up. Anyway, I'm never, kidding. Never. Never. Ever. Might be worse. No. We'll never give it up. Okay, so now, for good, what about for good? So now, it, Reish Lakish says in the Marsan Hedrin, and this is what Al, uh, we're going to get to in a second, call him Melamed has been Chavero Torah. If you teach your friend's son Torah, you get credit for raising him, for bringing him up as if you, as if you fathered him. The Gemara continues and says, If someone thought, had the intention to do a mitzvah, and, the vinnas, and then something beyond his control prevented him, also, you get credit as if you did it. So, Ke'ilu can also work in our benefit, to our benefit. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah something amazing. It says, Blow on Rosh Hashanah a shofar shall aisle of a ram, so that I could conjure up memories, remind me of Akedah, and I will consider it Ke'ilu. As if you were mockery of yourselves before me. Not just that Avram was mockery of Yitzchak, but that you yourselves are being mockery of yourself. So we see the word Ke'ilu can work in our favor as well. Gemara also says, it says, Kodain Shadon Din Emes Lamiso, any judge who adjudicated a, a case and it was, to, the verdict was correct, it says, Ke'ilu Nasa Shutaf Lakadosh Baruch Hu You get credit. As if you were an active contributor to Hakadosh Baruch Hu during my sabrachus, the Gemara in Sukkah says, if you do tzedakah and chesed, kol osed tzedakah mishpat kilo mile olam kulo chesed, as if you did tzedakah and chesed, you, the whole world is full of chesed, and then it gives sometimes both sides of the coin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, um, it says, if you go ahead and mimikayim, if you lose one, if you cause someone to die, then kilo ibed olam It's if you cause the whole world to die. If you go ahead and you matzil, you save one life from, from within the Jewish nation. It's as if you went ahead and sustained the entire world. And the last one we're going to mention today, which is something we should all, we can all improve on, including myself, all of us. The Mishnah Perke of us, Paragimel Dav Gimel says, if you have three people who sit together and don't give, don't mention any Dvar Torah, even a simple. 32nd Vartara, Kilo Achlu Mizbeche Mesim Makam, as if you're sitting at a table of, of Mesim. However, 
When you have three people who eat together and the Amrul of Divrei Torah, but shared even one thought of Dvar Torah, it's as if you ate and you had a fourth person there, the fourth person could be Achal, is HaKadosh Baruch So think about it, you can change the status of your table from a Zivchei Mesim, of eating a dead Karbanos and with, without any Ruchnius, elevating it with one simple Dvar Torah to eating with the Shulchan Gavara, something all of us can remember. But, and hopefully put into practice. But the bottom line is, the, if the Taz is correct, that the word Ki'ilu means literally, you get credit for as if you did that, not figuratively, but literally, it has wide-ranging implications. Many of them can, should hopefully lead us to strive to do a little bit more so that we, the, the good ones will take effect and we can avoid the bad ones. Now, getting back to this question now. So what about, we said that it's possible that um, if you go ahead and you raise Yisomim, that you get credit as if you fulfill the mitzvah peruvu. This is going to all come back to answer the question of how Rabbi Gamliel was able to sit Shiva. So before we do that, just a couple of questions related to adoption. I figured this was a good time to discuss it. When, this is not all for practical, this is lumptus. Obviously, if anyone wants to do that, obviously consult with a Rav. When we go ahead and adopt, is it better to adopt a Jewish child or a non-Jewish child? There are risks and, and, and there are pros and cons to both. A Jewish child obviously has no yichas problem. You know he's Jewish. Okay. The problem, though, is that... So let's actually start reverse. By a Jewish child, it's a little bit harder. If you don't know who the biological parents are, it's a little bit harder to ascertain the yichas, and then you might run into problems if they're marrying your child or marrying another a person. How do you know that they're not related? So if you don't know their yichos, it's a little problem. Today it's a little bit easier with DNA. You can actually see if there's a high level of DNA overlap, which means that they're related, um, which is one of the thoughts, by the way, why there's, uh, unfortunately, Rachman so many, so many uh, sicknesses, genetic diseases within the, uh, within the Ashkenazic population. And then, as I remember when I was doing a genetics course, because there's something called consanguinity. A lot of the, in the Hasidic world, Sorry, say that word again? consanguinity, they used to go ahead and marry first cousins a lot. And this... They still do. I know my, my wife's former boss was Hasid. He married, or his child, married the first cousin. When there's too much of an overlap of genetic DNA, it leads to genetic problems. So Tay-Sachs and, and cancers and, and gauchets and caravans disease, familial dysautonomia, all these different diseases because there's so much overlap. So if you don't have a lot of overlap, it means most likely you're not related. So today it's a little bit easier to establish the yichos that it's not related to that person you're going to marry. But be that as it may, you run into a problem of yichos problems. The problem with adopting a non-Jewish child is that at the time of adoption, the child undergoes conversion. Let's just say you adopt a, a three-year-old or, or a five-day-old. They, at the time they become a bat or bar mitzvah, they have the option of reneging on their conversion. It was done kafiyah, it was done bar karcham. They didn't have an option at the seven days, when they were adopted at seven days old, and you convert them, they didn't have a choice. So when they're 12 or 13 years old, they have the option to go ahead and they can undo it. If they undo it, you can't keep them in your house, really, because that means they're not Jewish anymore and you can't, you're not going to raise, really, a non-Jewish child. So it becomes problematic. So that's one issue about who, you know, which, person to, um, which person to adopt. It's interesting, by the way. There might be a, a way out of that. The question is, your, Rav Moshe, Igros Moshe, Rav Moshe Feinstein says you're allowed to buy a slave with the intent to free him. So, and when you free a slave, they're automatically Jewish. And Eva Kanani, when he goes free, he's automatically Jewish. So if you were to theoretically buy this child as an Eved, and then even if you free him, 
and or he doesn't want to become, let's say you free him at the age of 13 because he doesn't want to keep his conversion. He's still Jewish. I'm not advocating that, but anyway, Rav Moshe says you can buy uh, an Eved with that, with that intention to free him. Number two, question is, if a father takes a neder not to get any hana, he takes a vow, I'm not going to get any hana from my children, and he has an adopted child, does it apply to his adopted child or not? And uh, Rav Yaakov Emdin in the Shailas Yavetz says that he believes that it would apply and that he's considered a full child in that regard, and the father would be prevent, uh, prohibited from deriving any benefit from his, children, from his uh, um, adopted child because we consider it to be a full child. Similarly, the Ramah says, if there's a star that the father writes, and he says, my son, and he's referring to the adopted child, or the child writes a star, a document, a legally binding document, that says, my father, my mother, and it's referring to the adopted mother or father, the Ramah says it's not Mizuyaf, it is not a fake and a fraud, meaning it's not counterfeit. The star is good, meaning you can relate in a star to your adopted, either, you know, to your parent or your adopted child as your child or parent, and it is fine. Should the parents hide the fact that the child was adopted? So this is actually, the Qasam Sofer says you should absolutely not withhold that information. It will lead to problems with Chalitza and Yibam, theoretically, if we did it. But we don't do Yibam, but Chalitza, Kahuna, Yichos, and marrying. So he says you should absolutely tell the child. And Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky believed that you should tell them even before their teenage years. So you should tell them earlier on that, uh, that they were adopted. It's not something to withhold from them. Does Yichud apply? Does Yichud apply to a, even a stepchild, but to an adopted child? So most posts can hold that Yichud does apply. Rav Moshe Feinstein was makel in this regard. Rav Moshe Feinstein believed that Yichud does not apply. He thought that uh, for multiple reasons, one of them that, that a, a married man would never do something with his adopted daughter because of his wife. So for multiple reasons, Rav Moshe thought that uh, that did not apply. But most posts can hold that Yichud with, a, with a, ch- a girl either above the age of three or a child, a boy above the age of nine, which makes it very, very challenging, obviously. But the Rav Moshe felt uh, that Yichud does not apply. What about, does the adopted child say Kaddish for his parents? And the, the Steichemet brings that if there's no one else to say Kaddish, they should say... Oh, is that because of Yeah, all this is because. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, we would say that uh, the child should say Kaddish. And lastly, how is the child called up to the Torah? When you want to call him up for an aliyah, we know we use the father's name. So how, if you, so do you do the biological father or do you do the adoptive father? So Shlomo Zalman Orbach in a recent tshuva said that if you know the father's, the biological father's name, better to call him up by the biological father. If you don't know the biological father's name, then call him up by the adopted father. And so that's just some halachos um, regarding, to, regarding, um, Regarding adoption, now, interesting. The guy is the father is a kohen. Is the boy getting get called up as a kohen? No, he's not a kohen. He's not a kohen. So you have to be born into kohen. The father's a kohen, and the son. You can't. That that that's not that's not you can't. That's like the old joke. I want to be a kohen because my father your father was a kohen. He was willing to pay money. That's not something you could buy into. You know. Not, uh, that doesn't trans right. So it makes as if it's your child, but not to change the status. It's a good question, right? Not completely, not completely, right? Well, doesn't well, doesn't well, make well, him a well, colony. Say again. Do stepchildren sit shiva? Adopted children sit shiva. So it will be the same thing. So the question is, do they sit shiva? I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I why not? So it depends on. Uh, 
It might depend on how long. I don't know. Let me, let me get back to you on that. It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but Kilo doesn't necessarily mean every, every single thing. That's what we're discussing here. So, again, you know, they, even the fact that he said that you, that you only say Kaddish if there's no other child would suggest that you, you may not say Shiva for it. So, but let me, I'll get back to you on that. So it's interesting, by the way, that we know that the Pasuk in, uh, so this is to Alan, when Alan asked before. So it says, the Eila told us Aaron and Moshe, Yom Hashem, it's Moshe Bahar Sinai. In the Peri Gimel and by Midbar, it, the Pasuk starts off by saying, these are the generations, the children of Moshe and Aaron, and it only goes on to list Aaron's children. Right. Rashi says, what, what's going on here? So that's where the famous Gemara in Sanhedrin, Rashi quotes Gemara Sanhedrin, your test, that says, Kola Megadel, Right, call Magadel. Sorry, call Melamed as Ben Chavero Keilo Yaldo. If you go ahead and you teach Torah, you, then you go ahead and you fulfill the mitzvah of you fulfill the mitzvah of uh, as if you as if you give birth to him. Let's just say. So here it's possible. Borsi wanted to suggest that you don't have to come on to that he had a chavivus because he was a he was a, a kosher. But it might mean here that since he raised Tavi to become Tavi wasn't your ordinary eved. He wasn't your ordinary Everett. He was a Kasha. He was a Talmud Chacham. So we know that there were certain, there were certain uh, Talmudim that were, uh, certain Avadim that were Talmud Chachamim. He taught him. He learned with him. It's possible that he had a relationship that's much more than the regular Adon to Eved. And through this relation that we just explored about Kolomalami Torah, or whether you're Megado Yasum, whatever it is, Kilo Yodo, as if, so if you say that, if you teach someone, Kilo Beno, it's as if you're your own child. Right? If you teach someone Torah, it says if, just like Moshe and Aaron, Moshe taught his nephew's Torah, the Torah ascribes that he was the father, Elo told us Moshe and Aaron only lists Aaron's children. So how does it, why does it mention Moshe if it doesn't mention Gershom and Allah? It doesn't mention Elazar, Gershom, Elazar, Moshe's children. It mentions Nadav, Avio, Elazar, Itamar, which is Aaron's kids. Why? Because he taught him Torah, it's as if it's his children. So it's possible because that, that Rabbi Gamliel sat and learned Torah with Tavi's Avdo, it's as if he became his son, and through that he was able to go ahead and to, to uh, give different Tanchumin and accept and accept uh, on him. I have to leave it five minutes early today. I apologize. We'll stop here. It's actually at a new topic anyway. So we'll stop here um, and uh, we'll pick up Mertz Hashem next week. Have an amazing day. Happy Tubav. You're wearing white. Okay, that's good.